0: Wicked! Back it down
1: to business. I don't got to play around. What is this? This is Wicket's World
2: with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Live on a Friday. Happy Friday to you. Tis the season. We are less than a week from Thanksgiving. And the, uh, the birthday we're celebrating this week is our producer, Kira. And Kira... How old, how old are you today? Or how old are you Wednesday?
0: Uh, the old age of 26.
2: Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. 26. Kira then dropped this, uh, you know, can't believe football season is almost over.
0: <laughs> which is such a
2: downer for you to say. It's not completely. <laughs> happy Friday.
0: Yeah. Hey, happy Friday. The
2: holidays are here. Kira's like, you know, football's almost done.
0: <laughs> Just like that, too back here, close here, to the mic
2: here comes here comes baseball season football's almost over no football is the nfl season we're in week 11 is that right week 11 college football is coming to an end the bowl season will be around the corner we're going to get to both here uh, right out of the gate we'll talk some viking football at 12 15 as minnesota has the packers this weekend in minneapolis phil Mackey joins me from score north that's coming up at 12.15. I was trying to get Phil on last week because Iowa was playing in the pig game against uh, the uh, the goofers. We were talking about the Dalvin Cook noise. Maybe that's kind of calmed down a little bit about something that happened back in the day with Dalvin Cook. And, and I don't know what's happening with that whole story, that whole situation. But he is going to join me at 12.15 today because maybe, maybe, just maybe, maybe the Vikings aren't dead. They're hanging around, you know, second place in the division. The NFC North stinks outside of Green Bay. Maybe, just maybe, the Vikings aren't dead. Maybe they can make some noise. Lord knows they have all the offensive weapons in the world, so they should be able to, I don't want to say beat Green Bay this weekend, but it's a road game for Green Bay. It's a home game for Minnesota. They've got Jefferson. they got Thielen. I don't know why they don't give the ball to Dalvin Cook 30 times a game, but they got Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins has like an 18-2 to two touchdown to interception ratio. Like, their offense should be good enough to keep them in every game. It comes down to the defense. We'll talk more about that with Phil coming up at 12-15. Also, I mean, you're hearing national radio talk all about, like the show that was just on before me, Barton Hahn. And you're going to hear and Golick Jr. later on here on ESPN Des Moines talking about this as well, and that is Mac Jones and the Patriots about what we were all wrong about back in April when the draft was going on and you were ranking all the, the quarterbacks, and it was Trey Lance and Trevor Lawrence, and it was Justin Fields, and wherever you slot all these different guys, and the guy everybody was saying was the bust. Like, why in the world would he be a top 15 pick? It was Mac Jones, who had all the wide receivers in the world to throw to at Bama. We're all wrong. We are all wrong. Or maybe he just fell in the right spot to make us all wrong. We'll get to that later on in the hour as well. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, we've got a double header for you here on ESPN Des Moines. We have Drake men's basketball taking on Richmond. 11:30 for the pregame with my guy Michael Admire, And then after that, it's the Battle of Los Angeles on the Gridiron USC versus UCLA Sunday. My buddy Hunter Phillips has the call as the Drake women are in Iowa City. Good luck with that one if you're the Drake women's team because Iowa's really good. So I want to start with this. Matt Campbell had some comments two days ago that blew my mind. And we know that this has not been the season Iowa State has wanted. I've gone on record in saying they are the second most disappointing team in all of college football. Clemson won, then Iowa State. Considering where their preseason ranking was and what they had coming back and what has happened this year, Iowa State has been nothing short of a disappointment. The expectation should have been for Iowa State to win the Big 12. The expectation should have been for Iowa State to win the conference championship, maybe flirt with the college football playoff, maybe if a couple of things bounce their way, get into the college football playoff, but you don't get there without setting the goal of winning the Big 12. And Campbell was asked about that. This response blew me away.
3: How do you as a coach view goals? Because at the beginning of the season, you, your players... The goal was Big 12 championship. Oh, not me. That was never my goal. My goal has always been one thing, and that's to become the best version of ourselves we can become. So you've never heard me say that word once. Um, You've only heard me talk about becoming the best version of yourself you can be. And really, my challenge for this year's team was to become the greatest together team in the history of iowa state football and so far all of our goals are still intact from a coach campbell standpoint now could our players have other goals and aspirations sure do i want them to have great goals and aspirations sure but that's not coach campbell's goal that was never said by me
2: puke give me a break anyone who's defending these comments from matt campbell uh, you're crazy you are absolutely nuts you don't have a goal every year in particular you don't have a goal this year of winning the big 12 championship why do you think that kids came back why do you think brock purdy was you know lauded as the best player in the history best quarterback in the history of the school why do you think certain guys came back why do you think the expectation why do you think jack trice had a record season ticket sale number before the year began because you make sure i get this right Because they're excited about you making sure that this team becomes the quote, best version of ourselves we could become. What an absolute joke. Matt Campbell is paid $3.5 million. $3.5 million a season. He's not paid $3.5 million a year to be a motivational speaker and get, get guys thinking good about themselves. He has paid $3.5 million to win football games, and win a lot of football games. Be the best version of ourselves. You know what would be the best version of yourself, Matt? Beat Iowa once. Get to the Big 12 championship game and win the Big 12 championship game. You're the highest paid coach in the history of the school. You're one of the highest paid coaches in the Big 12. I don't know where he slots nationally, probably top 15, top 20. Guys make a lot of money in coaching these days. I'm not sure. But Matt Campbell, to say that was ludicrous. You never heard Matt Campbell, he, his, his, ver, his verbiage, not me, you never hear Matt Campbell say, that's our goal. Our goal is, let me get this paper back, I should keep this out, to quote, become the best version of ourselves we could become. I about fell out of my chair when I heard that. First of all, if you are a booster, all right, there's a whole, there's like 80 angles on this. If you're a booster and you're hearing that, and let's say you're a booster who donates $200,000 a year or whatever your donation to the university might be, are you now rethinking donating that coin? Are you now looking at that donation thinking, huh? So I'm donating hundreds of thousands or just tens of thousands or whatever the donation may be from a specific booster. I'm donating to a guy who doesn't even put the Big 12 championship as a goal. And I know what you're saying, Wicket. But if the foundation is there, then they can achieve their goals. No! The goal should be set every year. Win the Big 12 championship. You think Kirk Ferentz isn't loving hearing this? More on fairness in a second about this. But anybody who donates big money to Iowa State, I imagine their eyebrow went right up. Unless you're one of these weird donate, you know, these weird boosters who is just happy to be there. If you're just happy to be there, why'd you pay Matt Campbell $3.5 million? Bring back McCarney. You know? And by the way, it's not like Matt Campbell blew the doors off the Big 12 this year. Yeah, he didn't hit expectations of winning the Big 12. They're not going to the Big 12 championship game. They might, I don't even know, can they keep Oklahoma out of the Big 12 championship game? I think if some weird stuff happens, the Sooners don't play. I, it, I don't know. But if I'm boosters, if I'm people who donate big-time dollars to the uh, to Iowa State University, to the athletic program, to the football program, whatever, I am livid today, or two days ago, or yesterday, or whenever you first heard Matt Campbell tell you that he is not set on winning the Big 12 every year. And of all years, this should have been the year. Is there anything wrong if Campbell comes out and says, yeah, our goal was to win the Big 12, we fell a little short about that, but we're proud of our guys, and we're striving to become the best versions of ourselves? That would not have created the firestorm that this has created around the state and around Cyclone Nation. But for him to say, no, that wasn't our goal, is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and then there's the other side of this then there's the recruiting side of it you know who's if you're watching on the 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 espn des moines facebook page you see me right now see this oh kirk ferris must just be putting his feet up and loving this kirk's like please play that on repeat play that on repeat for every recruit in the state of iowa because lord knows every recruit in the state of iowa is like huh well, I got Ferentz. He's got the state championship in three of the divisions tonight up at the Dome. They got Ferentz, who might be recruiting a wide receiver or a lineman, and his set, he'll come in my locker room, he'll come in my living room, he'll come on my TV, he'll come on my video chat, and he'll say, we want to win the Big Ten championship, and we need you to do it. And then you got Matt Campbell, who says, we're looking to become the best versions of ourselves, and that is our goal. Mom and dad might like that. Mom and dad might think of that as the greatest coach speak in the history of college football. Kids don't want to hear that. Kids aren't looking to go play college ball to become the best versions of themselves. Kids are looking to join a team to get better, to win football games, to win championships, and to go to the NFL, not to become the best versions of themselves. Let's go to the phones. Let's hear from Randy. What's up, Randy? Is Randy there? Let's Vince
3: go- Lombardi okay. never talked about winning. He talked about seeking perfection. And along the way, you'll find great.
2: But no one ever questioned Vince Lombardi and said, is your goal to win championships? And he said, no, it's to be good people. He
3: didn't, he didn't say, no.
1: He said, that's not what I preach, basically.
2: Okay? I don't think that matters to a kid in 2021 like it did to professional athletes back in the 1960s. I don't think you can compare the two.
3: I, I guess I look at it that. The message is, I want you to be your best.
2: Kids don't care about that. If you're your best, we can do it. How old are you, sir? Uh, old. <laughs> well, usually when people reference Vince Lombardi, they're not 25. So we'll call you 28 right. or over. Well, I'd, I'd say closer to 60. Okay. See, but you remember Lombardi. A kid in Altoona or a kid playing for Valley doesn't even recognize who Vince Lombardi is other than that trophy is named after him.
3: If a kid were to ask him point blank when he's
2: recruiting, don't we want to do this? And said, Sure. But what Matt Campbell just did, what he said yesterday, made any kind of questioning irrelevant because he just said, my goal is not to win the Big 12.
3: And it never has been. And that's the problem. So all of a sudden you're turning against him because of one thing he said after five or six years?
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to question well, Matt Campbell.
3: Oh, there's a lot of qu- reasons to question every coach.
2: But this didn't help.
3: But I don't think
2: that's a big deal. I do, and thank you for the phone call, man. I appreciate it. I, Randy, I do think it's a big deal. You know, all of a sudden, Campbell can't win the Big 12, and Campbell can't beat Iowa. Those are two huge, those are like the two most important things. He's 0-5 now against uh, Kirk Ferentz. Can't beat Iowa with the greatest team in the history of Iowa State. Can't beat Iowa. Can't win the Big 12. Can't even get to the Big 12 championship team with the greatest team in the history of Of Iowa State. You know what? Maybe Matt Campbell doesn't want Iowa State to join the Big Ten. This, you know, when we're talking about conference alignment, look, once Texas and Oklahoma are out of here, Campbell's got a good shot to get his team. Who's he going to have to beat? Well, he'd have to beat West Virginia and Baylor and Texas Tech. Yeah. Not easy. Not easy for Matt Campbell and company. Let's go to Lance. What's up, Lance?
1: Is this wicked? Yeah. Okay, you gotta give me a second because I'm I'm not I don't you normally do this. Alright. I got a couple quick questions for you. Yeah. Do you go to work every day and try your best to be the the, the best you can be? Yeah. Okay. And do you want to surround yourself with like minded people? Yeah. Okay. So if you do this, good things are gonna happen, right? In theory. In theory, that that is true. And if if you if you have coworkers that you see that maybe aren't as nice and and they do bad things, but yet they excel. It's kind of irritating, isn't it? Sure. Now, this is coming from an Iowa fan. But for a coach to say that he's trying to be the best version of themselves and maybe he's trying to cultivate um, a bunch of young men to be the best they can and a national championship, or not a national championship, but uh, 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 a Big 12 championship would come. I don't know why it's been, ever since yesterday, it's just been kind of working on me. Do you see it now, maybe?
2: No, I completely disagree. You're not paid $3.5 million <laughs> to get everybody ho-hum and in a good mood and feeling good about themselves. He's paid $3.5 million to win football games, generate more revenue, and bring a Big 12 title to Iowa State for the first time in over 100 years.
1: Well, you're talking to an Iowa fan, if that makes any difference. I just thought I got what he meant.
2: What if Kirk sorry for, Do you if Kirk, taking the long way around? No, 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 it's fine, but if Kirk Ferentz came out and said, "No, we don't want to win the Big 10. We just want to be good people." You would be he pissed. He
1: didn't want to win it. He just said that, that wasn't his goal.
2: Right, but that should be your goal. The number 1 goal <laughs> should be to win a conference championship.
1: I I understand, but I I think if you just look into it, his philosophies and good things come.
2: I think what he well, did was he he won bonus points with parents but lost a ton of points with get kids that want to win and go to the NFL.
1: Oh, maybe. Maybe. Cuz kids don't give a kids
2: don't give a rip about becoming a better version of themselves. They want to make money. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: they want to play I, in I, the I NFL. Love the fact that
1: you're sticking with it. And I don't usually think this far outside the box, but ever since yesterday, I, well, I felt enough that I wanted to call and see if I could change your mind
2: well Lance thanks man but I'm just I, I, I can't believe what I heard and uh, I don't think I'm gonna be shifting gears on that anytime soon talk more about this later I do want to change up the uh, the topic real quick coming up on the other side by the way you can hit me up on Twitter at Mike Wicket two T's in Wicket we're gonna talk some Vikings football Phil Mackey joins me from score north out of the Twin Cities Vikings Packers is Minnesota dead we'll discuss next back out of friday it's wickets world on espn des moines big one tomorrow check that big one sunday i I already want to get to it there are five big teams in the state of iowa two of them face off in the twin cities coming up on sunday it is the packers and the vikings joining me from score north one of if not the best analyst of vikings football he is phil mackey phil thank you so much for the time my friend how are you
1: Ah, I, I appreciate that. I think uh, I think that's that's high praise coming from you giving me my first set of radio hits back in 2007. Yes. Uh, the pre, <laughs> it was the pre Brett Favre to Minnesota Vikings that I covered, and you and uh, you and I you and I have been doing this for like 14 years, my friend. Oh
2: my God! I thought it was weird when I turned 40. Phil, you just aged me more. So. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, well, can you? And I realize, you know, I go back and I watch the Vikings from afar, and I know you watch them very, very closely. And there are a couple of games, the the Bengals game, and there was the, the 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 field goal game against Arizona. I mean, they're what four and five right now, but they could they could easily be actually in the thick of this race for the NFC North. Am I am I crazy to think that?
1: No, it's here's the weird thing. So, yeah, they missed a thirty-seven yard field goal in overtime to beat, well, to not beat, I guess, the Cardinals <laughs> in week two. They uh, they lost in overtime. They, they had a fumble. They were on the Bengals' side of the field with a chance to win uh, in week one, and there was a 50-50 sort of bang-bang fumble review that went against the Vikings. So, and there's a couple other games, too. The Browns, they lost. They were It was a seven-point game all game. But but I don't let the Vikings off the hook. They have lost close games, and they have lost to winning teams regularly under Mike Zimmer. In fact, uh, Mike Zimmer, if, if – if the season sort of plays out to where the teams that they've lost to hold winning records throughout the rest of the season, Mike Zimmer has a 20 and 44 record mm. against teams that finished the year with a winning record. Yikes. So like, like when they, you know, and by the way, Greg Joseph is the kicker that missed the 37 yarder against the Cardinals. He hasn't kicked in an NFL game in three years. And so of course he's going to be nervous under pressure. He's a young kid. He's, he barely has any experience. And they, they brought that on themselves and not bring in a veteran kicker. So Yes, they could be better, but it has been a pattern for them to find ways to lose games that are close and to lose to winning teams.
2: You know, I, I think the oddsmakers are kind of buying into a little bit of this because they've only got Green Bay as a one-point favorite. I mean, you got an 8-2 and two team, a 4-5 and five team. One team's got Aaron Rodgers and all these, these weapons. The other team has, well, Kirk Cousins. So I, I think Vegas believes that Minnesota should be better than their 4-5 and five record indicates, and I would agree.
1: Yep, there's, I was going through, so, uh, on Purple Daily every single week, uh, it'll post tomorrow. We do an episode called Purple Props. We just, we look at the game from sort of a Vegas perspective. And, uh, there's a nugget from the Action Network, so this is really in the weeds here, but, uh, some of the, some of the nerds in Vegas use a stat called Expected Points Added, huh. which, which ranks sort of the, the efficiency of your offense and defense and strength of schedule can be played in there. And, and they have these two teams very even despite the records. So um, the other interesting thing is the Packers are nine and one against the spread this year, and there's almost no such thing as a team finishing like you know fourteen and two against the spread. So there's like there's going to be some regression on the Packers side, and um, I, I would like I think the Vikings are going to win on Sunday. I also think like the Vikings' season is kind of on the line here if they don't win. The NFC has a lot of weak teams, so they might still be in it even at four and six. But the Vikings have to win this game. The Packers would like to win the game and put the division away officially. Uh, but I, I, th- I think home game, desperation. Zimmer is, I, I think his job's on the line here in the coming week. So it just, that's how the game feels
2: to me, anyways. The sneakiest stat in the NFL is the fact that Kirk Cousins has 18 touchdowns to two interceptions. I think if you walk up and down anywhere in the United States, maybe outside of the state of Minnesota, and maybe a lot of Minnesota, who knows, nobody would believe that. How much of this is on Kirk? Because as much as I like to dog Kirk Cousins, he's been incredibly efficient. But here's the
1: crazy thing. So, because you can play this game throughout different points in his career, even with like the totality of his career. You know that he has, like, the third-highest completion percentage of all time? And his quarterback rating
2: like, is, like, top five all time, isn't it? Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. And you could – literally, you could play this game across his entire career, and yet the teams that he plays for are, are – I think they're exactly 500 in his career. He started, like, 110 games, and, you know, it's, like, 55-54-1 and one or something. And so you look at all the other great quarterbacks that are on those lists, Aaron Rodgers – Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, like Drew Brees, all the guys that he's associated with on these lists and stats, and their teams are 50 games above 500 and 100 (laughs) games above 500. So it's like, it's so weird because in a vacuum, it's like, God, this guy puts up really good stats. But then when you start to pick it apart and like, here's another one, he is third from the bottom of the league in average yards per throw. So it's a lot of check downs. It's a lot of short stuff that preserves your completion percentage but and it preserves your passer rating but does it lend uh like does it does it equate to your offense performing at the peak of its capabilities probably not so i think that's his career man like he's good enough to prevent you from being a train wreck team you're not going to draft in the top five if kirk cousins is your starting quarterback but you're also not going to win a super bowl and that's kind of where the vikings are at right now
2: talking to phil mackey score north here on espn des moines on twitter follow phil at Phil Mackey. The other stat that I think is ridiculous, and it goes the other way, because I am a believer that Dalvin Cook, when healthy, and if utilized correctly, is a top two, top three running back in the National Football League. He's an incredible talent. I know his injury history is what it is. He has one more rushing touchdown than Kirk Cousins. Why yeah. does this guy not get the ball and get the ball in the end zone more?
1: Okay. It is kind of weird, yeah. I mean, I mean, Kirk Cousins is the second coming of Lamar Jackson, though. Right? You'd watch the yes. game more closely. Yeah. So.
2: yeah, my bad. You know what? I need to get my my analyst hat <laughs> on a little tighter. I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit weird, and you know, the Vikings have had this tug of war. You know, they even they had a sort of a come to Jesus self scouting week the week before their bye to get their offense right, and then they come out of the bye, and it's kind of the same old thing. Last week was the first week against the Chargers where they really started to look like they want to look offensively, which is a healthy dose of Dalvin, but also a healthy dose of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I mean, the conversation here has literally been about, okay, how can how can we stop throwing the ball to the backup tight end and the fullback and get the, <laughs> get, get the ball more to the playmakers? It's like you know, are the Seahawks going into meetings thinking, man, our biggest problem is Russell Wilson doesn't throw the ball to DK Metcalf enough. Like, but like it's, it's these basic problems of not getting the ball to the best offensive skill position players in the key spots. And it's been, it's been a big problem for them. So I, I think this weekend, if you don't see a healthy dose of Dalvin cook against the Packers run defense, then they're doing something wrong. But in the passing game, if you see Tyler Conklin with
2: twice as many targets <laughs> as Justin Jefferson, fire <laughs> everybody. Uh, my fantasy team goes 0-3, I think, this week if that happens, because I got Jefferson in a couple of them, and I definitely don't want <laughs> Conklin getting those those targets. I mean, you grew up and watched and covered the Randy ratio, where yes. r- where Randy Moss had to get the ball X amount of times. I know that was dumb from everybody else's perspective, but Dalvin should be a guy that gets minimum. 22 touches, targets, whatever. The ball should go to Dalvin Cook every third play, if not more.
1: Yeah, and I. but I would also throw – I think there needs to be a Dalvin ratio and a Jefferson ratio. You know, like those two guys are so good. Mm-hmm. They're both top five at their position. And that's – not that you need to, you know, keep a tally during the game, but, like, if you aren't jamming the ball to Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, then how is your offense going to – Conklin –
2: Conklin
1: <laughs> Dude, I, if I see one more tight end screen to Conklin on second and 12 like I am going to jump out the window <laughs>
2: <laughs> how'd they beat the Chargers last week how did that actually happen
1: they they got aggressive they they made a concerted effort and I and I like it sounds like I'm being facetious I swear to you the two games before the Chargers game for the Vikings so that would have been Ravens and Cowboys Tyler Conklin had twice as many targets combined in those games as Justin Jefferson. And that is not being facetious. So the Vikings came out and said, all right, let's throw the ball to our best weapon. You know, let's hand off to Dalvin Cook. And, and sure enough, Justin Jefferson goes for 100-plus yards, and he's a huge difference maker and puts the Vikings in scoring position. Uh, so it really was – and by the way, the defense, whether it's Daniel Hunter being out for the season or uh, Harrison Smith having been out uh, on the COVID list, they're missing, like, five starters on defense the last couple of weeks, and yet they've still been able to step up and play pretty well against the Ravens and the Chargers. So uh, they're getting some guys back this week against the Packers. And with Aaron Rodgers having a bad toe, I think getting pressure up the middle is going to be important. So it'll be interesting to see what Mike Zimmer dials up to to make uh, Rodgers even more uncomfortable than he than he probably has been the last couple of weeks.
2: Zimmer always gives Rodgers trouble. and I think back to that game last year when I think Delvin had – 14 touchdowns on the ground, or something along those lines. He just obliterated the Packers defense. But on the other side, if they make life hell for Aaron Rodgers, how does he do it?
1: Yep. No, it's, uh, he's, Zimmer is a really creative schemer against veteran quarterbacks. I think, I think he loves waking up on Monday or Tuesday leading up to Packers week to find a new way to, to fluster Rodgers. But it's, it's a, it's about getting pressure, I think, but you also don't want to be sending, extra blitzers very often against guys like Rodgers and Tom Brady because I think, you know, they'll gladly take a wide-open hot route coming across the middle because um, they see things after 15 years in the NFL that maybe the younger quarterbacks don't. So I think it's going to be a mixture of, like, if the Vikings can get pressure with their front four, awesome, but um, if they can't, they might be forced to send extra guys, and then it just comes down to, can Rodgers get rid of the ball on them? So it'll be a really, really fun chess match to watch.
2: Phil Mackey, for another minute here on Score uh, from Score North on ESPN Des Moines, I'm Mike Wickett. Uh, I do want to go off the field real quick with you about Dalvin Cook's legal situation. Where are we with that? And is this just a gigantic he said, she said, but we have visual of what she said and her face from that incident?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, so this, the Star Tribune has done an excellent job in the Twin Cities reporting on all the details, and they have different uh, photographs and selfies that have uh, that have come in from her side. Um you know, I, I don't know exactly where this stands with the NFL, but it hasn't reached a point where Dalvin has been put on any sort of restricted list. Like you see, you know, Adrian Peterson in I think it was 2015 or 16 was put on the NFL's restricted list for 15 weeks while they sorted out uh, him taking a switch to his 4-year-old. So I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't know what the distinction is between this and other similar domestic disputes. As to why Dalvin is allowed to play, other players aren't. Um, but it is very much he said, she said. You know, Dalvin is claiming that um, that the woman broke into his house and and pulled a gun, and so. But I, you know, I it's hard for me to speculate because I don't have all the details. Um, but I do wonder what the distinction is, for why he's allowed to play while they sort this out, and other players have not been.
2: I'll get you out on this here, Phil. Uh, how happy are fans shortly removed from, you know, that, that massive win for the Gophers, what, like two years ago when they beat, what was it, Penn State or whatever? And now are fans starting to light the, uh, the fire under P.J. Fleck? Uh, I mean, well, I'll say this. P.J.
1: Fleck is a wonderful recruiter. <laughs> He's a wonderful <laughs> marketer. <laughs> He is one of the worst in-game game manager coaches I've seen. And I, and here's all you need to know, Wicket. However many teams are in, in college football, Division One college football, over 100, whatever it is, 120-some teams, the Gophers run the ball more often than every team in college football except the three military academies, <laughs> Army, Navy, and Air Force. It's like... It's 2021, man. Maybe mix in a pass once in a while. Wow.
2: (laughs) I did not know that. I mean, this has been an interview full of stats and statistics, Phil.
1: (laughs) Army, Navy, and the Gophers. Just going to pound it down your throat and then find a way to lose anyways at the end.
2: (laughs) Goodness. Hey, uh, Phil, good to catch up, my friend. Thank you so much. Continued success, and I will bug you again down the road. All right, Mike. See you later. Phil Mackey from Score North up in the Twin Cities uh, joining me. Joining me. You can follow him at Phil Mackey. That's M-A-C-K-E-Y. Good dude. I cannot believe I've been talking to that guy for 14 years. Three different stops along the way. Phil has been at one. <laughs> He's been in Minnesota the entire time covering those Vikings, and I appreciate him coming on. One of the best Vikings guys out there. Again, follow him on Twitter at Phil Mackey. It's Wicked's World. We were all wrong. Everybody was wrong about one dude in the NFL draft. Talk about it next. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What's up? It's Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket here on a Friday. Uh, real quick breaking news from out there. Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all charges. Just reporting the facts. Whether or not you agree with that verdict, thought I might as well pass it along to you. Moving on to the NFL. <laughs> Moving to the National Football League. I, I don't, I don't this, I, I'm not on the right format. This is not the right station to get into this. <laughs> um, this is one of those days I want to sign off Twitter. You can follow me at Mike Wicket, but I'm not going to get back to you today.
0: <laughs> let's, all, let's all agree to just, let's all go home.
2: Stay off the...
0: Uh, let's go home. No, I mean, just... Let's, let's just go home.
2: Everybody needs to <laughs> chill out. Everybody needs... A, 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 today is going to be... Today's going to suck on social media for both sides. It's going to be a puke fest on Facebook and Twitter all day. It just is. do you need to be a little more festive. Look at me. Do I look
0: festive You're right. today? You're right. Look at this. The I really dig the different shades of yellow.
2: This is it. <laughs> look, it's my... It's, you can, I'm wearing the bright yellow... Where
0: did you get that?
2: ...Christmas hoodie. You see, Kira...
0: Okay, yeah.
2: Every year, right after Halloween... I buy myself a Christmas present. It's the same present every year. After,
0: right after Halloween? Right after
2: Halloween. Well, because I buy myself... I don't do Christmas sweaters because everybody does the ugly Christmas sweater thing. Oh. So I buy a Christmas hoodie every year.
0: An ugly Christmas hoodie. I
2: wouldn't call this ugly. It is bright yellow. I mean, It's bright come yellow. Wicked. And there are giant uh, bulbs, like light bulbs, like light strings all on it. Like, not actual lights, but printed on it. And it's, it's all the way around. See, it's all the way around. If you're watching the video, you get to see this ridiculous uh, hoodie. But I buy one for myself every single year right after Halloween because I love Christmas.
0: Okay, so is this your new one?
2: No, this is uh oh. this is the 2019.
0: Okay, there what are, was
2: what was 2020s? What was last year's? Oh, it's white with a gigantic Santa Claus. Okay. And then all over, like there, were, these are lights here, but there are like. Cookies and Starbucks cups, oh. like the red Starbucks cup is on it, like all over. <laughs> You'll see me wearing it. I can't wear all five at one time, but I have a rotation. I am waiting. The reason you have to order it right after Halloween is because it comes from China. So it takes about three weeks to get here for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So I can't, mm-hmm. if I can't wait till December because there's a good shot it might not get here. And now, with everything going on with shipping... Again, not the right radio station to have a shipping debate right now.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not getting into economics and, 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 and supply and demand and need coming out of the pandemic with people. That's not what I do. But I ordered my new one, and I don't know where it is. Oh, no. I know. I ordered my new one.
0: Give us a, give us a preview. What's it going to be? Uh, or do you want it to be a surprise?
2: I, it's fine. It's red. It's, uh, it's red. Oh. And okay. there are probably two hundred Santa Clauses on it. Oh. They're just everywhere like a mosaic. Cute. They're just everywhere on it.
0: Is it like our version of Santa Claus? Big guy big in white the guy? red?
2: Yeah, big white guy in the red. Okay. Yeah, yes. I wasn't sure
0: if it was gonna be like two hundred <laughs> Different like... Santa's unity. Yeah. No, no, no,
2: no, no. Standard All right. generic Santa Claus <laughs> that most people in America <laughs> grew up sitting on the lap and asking for toys you know that kind of thing so yeah uh but that i can't figure out how to do the tracking like they sent me the confirmation email i accidentally had my old address in from the website so it might have gone to the old house i don't know if the new guy that lives in my old house is getting it and wearing it i don't know if it's been around i can't figure out how to use the website the chinese shipping website (laughs) i have no idea. i may never get this thing I legitimately came to the realization this morning that I may never get my new Christmas hoodie this year. And I don't want to go back to the well, because the second I order another one, the first one will show up. And with this kind of a company, you can't exactly—you don't exactly get great customer service, you know? So it's not like I can call up and be like, hey, it's Wicket in Des Moines, Iowa. I'd like to cancel the previous ho- I'm just going to have to wait. We'll see. Maybe I'll get my new Christmas hoodie by Valentine's Day. Okay. I mean they'll have it I for mean, next it's, year.
0: It's still red. Yes. Red and white. Kira, so it's fine. It's fine.
2: I like your positivity. I like that's, your exact we need it right now. That's we need what some I'm upbeat. here
0: for. Even though I said
2: Football's almost
0: over. Football's almost really.
2: College football's almost. <clears throat> but yeah. I think I think we need a little love. We need a little Christmas cheer. We need a little unity. We need a little family right now. After some of the most recent news that has come down. All right. I will get to this. I don't want to shortchange myself because I know we've got to get to break in like 90 seconds. So coming up in April, I'm going to read you a quick profile. You figure out who we were talking about, all right? Not an explosive downfield thrower, nor a big play threat with his feet. Limited effectiveness outside the pocket on the move. Benefited from NFL caliber weapons and blockers in front of him, along with elite college offensive scheme. Who am I talking about? A guy that is taking the league by storm as a rookie. will discuss why we were all wrong next. Follow us on Twitter at ESPNDSM.
1: This is Wicket's World on Des Moines 1350 ESPN.
2: 2.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, the, the news is out. Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty on all charges. Acquitted for what happened in Kenosha. Uh, I will say this. It will give uh, me a chance to really trim the fat off of my social media feeds. <laughs> I don't I don't get into a lot of serious stuff on Facebook and on Twitter. I see other people do it but i don't def- i definitely try not to but i need to open up some i'm at 5000 friends on facebook i need to i need some space <laughs> so i think today we'll provide that with some horrible commentary on whatever side you're on in the rittenhouse case again acquitted not guilty on all five charges uh, I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World on 102.1 FM, 1350 ESPN, Des Moines. Don't forget tomorrow, we have another uh, live sports doubleheader. Man, we got a lot of live sports in the station. We've got uh, Drake, excuse me, Drake men's basketball taking on Richmond, 11:30 for the coverage with Michael Admire. Tip off at noon, and then USC and UCLA on the football field, the battle for Los Angeles. will have it for you Sunday. The Drake women will take on Iowa, and good luck with that one, Drake. That's a tough. That is a tough road game to go. And expect to come out with a win, but we'll find out. We'll see. My guy Hunter Phillips has the call, one thirty for the pregame, 2 o'clock tip here on ESPN Des Moines. And then next Tuesday and Wednesday, a little uh, Thanksgiving week treat for you, uh, the Maui Invitational. ESPN Radio has it. We'll have it for you here on ESPN Des Moines. So if you are you know got some time off next week, maybe just want to listen to some college basketball, we'll have the Maui Invitational. Oddly enough, for the second straight year, the Maui Invitational will not be in Maui. <laughs> the Maui Invitational this year will be in oh. Las Vegas because, and traditionally, Kiro, you, you may not know, I don't know how they have a college basketball fan you are, but uh, they, they no. play this tournament every year okay. in Maui. And the, my favorite part about it is all the coaches who are normally in suits are in Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts. shirts? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, they're in Hawaiian shirts on the sideline, you know, going with the Hawaiian theme. But how okay. uh, Hawaii is so... Uh, They have such strict COVID rules, Mm. you know, because they listen, if you're coming from the mainland, if you're a tourist, like like, let's say coming from Iowa or whatever, they don't let you in unless you quarantine, you've been vaccinated, you you have had negative tests like on the plane (laughs) or whatever. They don't want you in that state
0: getting a COVID test on a plane.
2: I don't like giving. I've gotten a several COVID tests and I have been very COVID conscious this entire time. The first year of it. I was at home. I stayed home as a stay-at-home father. Uh, so I lived... I didn't see anybody. Like, I didn't go anywhere.
0: On a plane, your ears already hurt. And I, then you got to get something shoved up your nose. I hate... No. It.
2: I... <laughs> I remember I got my first COVID test, and I feel like I felt that for mm-hmm. a half... Because the first little... The regular little, like, the rapid one, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. But then they're like, just look straight. And I'm like, Huh? Eh, and then it goes up, and then they turn it, and it stays, like, up oh. by your eyeball. And I was just, ugh. I felt that thing so for, bad. like, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm treating myself. I'm going to McDonald's. So I went to McDonald's over in West Des Moines, and I said, ah, this is... <laughs> I still felt it, but I was eating my McNuggets.
0: We're getting off track again, Wicked. I'm sorry.
2: Thank you. Bring me back. Uh, last spring, when the NFL draft was approaching, everybody had their... Who you like, quarterback, right? Which one were you all in on? Most people were all in on Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. He was the guy. He's the can't-miss prospect, right? Trevor Lawrence, best prospect since Andrew Luck. That's what everybody was saying. All right, what about the uh, the wild card and all this? Trey Lance, you know, played in like seven games or whatever for North Dakota. Maybe you like Trey Lance. Zach Wilson shot up the draft charts. I think Zach Wilson is turning out to be... Maybe the worst of the five. We don't know anything about Trey Lance. Trevor Lawrence is having an up-and-down rookie year like you would expect, but the Jaguars are so bad. The Jets are terrible. Wilson is a turnover machine. And then he just kept on going. Justin Fields to the Bears. You know, Fields, can he actually buck the trend and be a good Alabama or uh, Ohio State quarterback in the NFL? Is this the guy for the Chicago Bears? Then there was Mac Jones, who felt maybe, as everybody was saying, to the... Perfect spot going to the New England Patriots at 15. And before the break, I read you the scouting report, or some of the scouting report, on Mac Jones. You know, the, the strengths, advanced understanding of the game, poised in the pocket, compact throwing motion, quick processor and strong decision making, great anticipatory thrower goes through progression and can throw in rhythm off the break. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And Everybody said Mac Jones at 6'2", 217, out of Alabama. He threw to all those weapons. The Heisman Trophy winner, he threw to all of those weapons. He had the great offensive line. He had the great coaching. That Alabama team was absolutely fantastic. They dominated in the national championship game. This guy is totally a system guy. This guy is riding the coattails of having great wide receivers and having a great offensive line and having Nick Saban and that staff this guy, he's he's not that good. Mac Jones is gonna be the bust of the first round. Mac Jones right now is in the rookie of the year conversation, and they have won, what, five in a row after blanking Atlanta yesterday on the road, twenty five nothing? Mac Jones is in the conversation with Jamar Chase for NFL Rookie of the Year. And Jamar Chase is having a stellar year catching passes from Joe Burrow up in Cincinnati. But you look at what Mac Jones has done. They don't. The thing about Jones is they don't ask him to do a lot. Everything is 18 yards in. But he gets rid of the ball. And some of the stuff that I was reading to you from the scouting report is so evident. Advanced understanding of the game. And the comparisons are always going to be to Tom Brady, obviously. Because neither one is very mobile. Both playing for the Patriots. Pocket guys. People will call them system guys, whatever you want to say. But... Mac Jones has what Brady has. When Brady came out of Michigan, slowest quarterback in the draft, didn't have the biggest arm, but Brady is smart. Brady knows a lot. Brady sees the matrix. Now, especially at this point in his career, and I don't think Mac Jones sees the matrix quite like like he does, but maybe he'll get there down the road. But he understands where everyone is supposed to be. Look at Mac Jones throw the ball. It's always to the right spot, whether it's, supposed to be on a hip, whether it's supposed to be out in front, whether it's supposed to be a little higher, the dude knows how to place the football. And I have always said, I don't care if you have the biggest arm like Jamarcus Russell or if you're the fastest guy in the world or whatever, the number one most important thing for a quarterback in the NFL or college is the ability to be accurate. And I know that's a simple concept, but be accurate. Get the ball to where it needs to be get it on the shoulder, get it on the inside, get it on the outside. Can you throw it away from the defender? And Mac Jones is doing that. And we talk about Fields and his legs. We talk about Lawrence with his legs and all the the accolades he had at Clemson. We talk about all these guys, the big arm for, for Trey Lance or whoever. But look at what Mac Jones is doing, and everything is inside. I think over the next couple of years, you'll see Mac Jones go down the field more. He doesn't have to. His defense is nasty. They just embarrassed Atlanta yesterday. They've got a good running game. As always with New England, you never know who the running back is going to be. I think three, four guys can get six, seven, eight, ten carries in a game. You just never know what's going to happen. But Mac Jones, call him a game manager if you want to. That's fine. But he's winning football games. And who can you guarantee me is good in the in the AFC? Baltimore just lost to a, to the Miami Dolphins. The Chiefs have been up and down. Maybe they're starting to come back on the up. Buffalo got beat by Jacksonville 12 days ago. That's an embarrassing loss. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the New England Patriots are the team to beat in the AFC East. I wouldn't be surprised if the New England Patriots, with this rookie quarterback, aren't the team representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't bet on it. I'd still put them behind Buffalo, behind Baltimore, behind Kansas City, I I, I have no idea what to make of the Chargers or Raiders. I have no idea what to make of the Tennessee Titans without King Henry. I I still think they're good. Their defense is great. But can they be effective when the focus is more on Ryan Tannehill? I I don't know. We're going to find out. They have a a cakewalk game this weekend. I think they have Houston. But down the road, without Derrick Henry, when it gets cold, can Tannehill get the ball to A.J. Brown? Can Tannehill get the ball to his wide receivers? Does Julio come back? But you've got to look at what Mac Jones is doing. And everybody was wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong. Everybody was wrong last spring. And I can't believe it. (laughs) He was the guy. He was the bust. That's going to do it. Wicket's World, we are out of here. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wicket. Online, ESPN, Like us on Facebook. Thanks for watching on the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at ESPNDSM. My thanks to Phil Mackey from Score North for joining me, Kira for keeping us on the air, and to you for listening. Thanks so much. Have yourself a great weekend. Don't forget, Drake, tomorrow, 11.30, Michael Admire as the Bulldogs and Spiders here on ESPN Des Moines.